Hello, welcome to your favorite bookish podcast, Fully Booked and Caffeinated. I'm Kelsey, and today we will be discussing The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. And boy, is there a lot to discuss. Before we get into it, let's talk about the important thing, coffee. So today I'm drinking another iced Nespresso concoction, as per usual. It's not gingerbread, we're switching it up. I've got my two shots of espresso to get me through life, Um, a vanilla eclair pod, which is Mm. delightful, and some brown sugar cinnamon syrup. So I'm just, yeah, I'm getting crazy over here. It's really, really good. What are you drinking? Well, imagine my surprise when I logged onto um, Starbucks app and they still have their holiday drinks. I thought they were going to be gone. I don't know when they leave. I guess maybe February. So I got my favorite, which is a iced sugar cookie latte with oat milk. Oh, yes. It's so good. That's so festive and delightful. Mm -hmm. It's really yummy. So that's what I got. I was very, very happy when I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, because didn't you go a couple times ago and they didn't have them? They must have just been out? It was sold out out of the syrup. Yeah, they were sold out of the syrup is what it was. Okay. So I thought that maybe... um, they just were completely out of it. But when you go onto their app, they still have all the flavors listed. So I guess they're just out of the syrup. Oh, I mean, anything to cure seasonal depression, even if it's holding on to holiday drinks from Starbucks, you know? Honestly, yes. <laughs> well, cheers. Yes, cheers. Okay, let's get into it. So Stephen Graham Jones, he is a Blackfoot Native American who grew up in Texas He has both a Master of Arts and a PhD, and he now lives in Boulder, Colorado, where he's a professor at the University of Colorado Boulder. His list of work Mm. is extremely impressive. He has nearly 300 short stories published, over 25 novels, and also a bunch of comics um, for this book. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize how extensive his list of work is. Um, For this book specifically, he won a ton of awards, the Ray Bradbury Prize, the Bram Stoker Award, and Shirley Jackson Award, which are both uh, horror awards, and Mm -hmm. an Alex Award, which I had to look up. That's an an award for adult books that have special appeal to young adults. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I found it was weird for this book, but okay. For this book specifically? Yeah, for this book specifically. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, the Only Good Indians was a New York Times bestseller and was originally published in 2020. So let's get into a quick summary of the story. First off, I'd like to apologize for selecting a book with this much animal cruelty. We started with Harley dying. What the actual fuck? And then yeah, I was not a fan of that. More dogs, not to mention the thousands of elks. There's just, there's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. So yeah, trigger warning on that. It's all good. Um, but we won't be discussing that too much besides the elk focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to clarify that we'll be using the word Indians because that is in the title of the book. That is how the author, who himself is Indigenous, describes all of the characters. And there is a reason that they use the word Indian in the book, which we'll get into. So four American Indian men from the Blackfeet Nation who are childhood friends find themselves in a desperate struggle for their lives against an entity that wants to exact revenge upon them. Ten years earlier, during an elk hunt gone awry, 
One of the boys killed a pregnant elk and buried her still living calf after removing it from her body. For years, Mm -hmm. the guilt haunts him, and after their 10-year hunting ban comes to an end, the spirit of the dead elk comes back to make them pay for what happened. Not just them, but everyone they love as well. So we're setting the scene. We're setting the scene. Before we even get into scene, I just want to say the concept of the book sounds fun. Agree. Agree. And and I'll leave it at that for right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> I'm excited to see how they're going to make an elk entity come back from the dead. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm intrigued. So main themes of this book, obviously superstitions and tradition. Um, Mm -hmm. identity, the four main characters or the four friends specifically struggle with their identities a lot and obviously revenge. Yes. So revenge is definitely a big one. Yeah. Any other ones that you can think of? Um, no, I think that that's the three main, yeah, three main themes of the book. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, maybe, maybe like perseverance towards the end of the book. Okay. Yes. I like that. With, with, with Delilah. Mm-hmm. That's your name, right? Delilah. Uh, I'm blanking. Denora. Denora. Close. Close. All right. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay. So it's a generally known fact that indigenous cultures have a lot of old word of mouth superstitions and tales that kind of carry down through the years. Um, and we don't know too much about them because they are exclusive to those cultures and the whole word of mouth spreading of those tales is really what keeps them alive in the cultures. Um, So we don't know specifically what those superstitions look like, but it makes it all a little more realistic that the characters in this story, they barely question that an elk entity is haunting and killing them. Like, Barely. They're just like, oh, this is my life now. And Lewis is obviously the strongest believer because the guilt has haunted him for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. All right. So the meaning of the title, um, basically, we learn it pretty early on. It's basically an insult. The only good Indian is a dead Indian. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's actually a play on a quote from an old army general who was responsible for many of the wars on Native Americans and the enforcement of restricting them to their specific reservations or spots of land. Um, So that's where they kind of got that quote from. Uh, But it ends up in the book being this kind of repetitive point of sarcasm, where everything the characters are doing, they compare it to being, you know, quote, good Indian or bad Indian. And yeah, I actually I actually highlighted on my Kindle when I was reading it was I believe it was Denora, uh, a quote that said, if the only good Indian is a dead one, then she's going to be the worst Indian ever. Yes. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. that definitely will come in when we talk about the the ending and Denora mm-hmm. really becoming the main character at the end with, you know, basically mm-hmm. saying that if the only good Indian is a dead Indian, she's going to go down fighting. And yep. we will get to that. Trust me. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about the characters in this story. First, there's the four childhood best friends uh, where this all started. And they're the ones who participated in the elk hunt. So we have Ricky first, because the book just starts out with, basically, we know Ricky's about to die. And they get right to the point. 
Um, he assumes that these white cowboys are after him because he's one of the only indigenous people in the bar and at his job site and, you know, where he's currently staying. And it turns out that he's distracted in the parking lot by a giant elk. Mm-hmm. So that stops him from escaping from the white men. And then he's beaten to death by them. Yeah. What do you think of the start? But what, what do you think of this beginning? I was so... I should have known once I started the book <laughs> that I was I was in fact not in for a wild ride. I was in for a confusing ride mm-hmm. because I was so confused. I the chapter finished and it goes into whosever point of view it was. If it was Lewis, I can't remember. I think it was Lewis. And I'm like, wait. I was like, what happened? I was like, who was this dude? Yeah. And I was like, and, and then and then I was like, did he die? Yeah. Like there was no confirmation that he died. And it was initially. Like- was it really an elk or was it the white guys chasing him? Like it was very And unclear. then also the time frame, I couldn't tell when it happened oh, yeah. in the book mm-hmm. because, you know, they were at like the 10 year anniversary mark, but it sounded like Ricky died like immediately when he moved after yeah. the elk hunts. So I was kind of like confused a little bit. Yeah, that that was unclear because they didn't say time wise when he left the reservation. But yeah. That- I mean, I kind of just like that whole section. I was like, uh, okay, I'm just going to accept that. I don't know what the hell it just happened. But the biggest thing that we take away from it is that Ricky left the reservation when his brother mm-hmm. overdosed. And that dynamic of leaving the reservation does come back into play. It definitely does. So that's the only thing I took from that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, it was... I get what he was trying to do, like starting off with a bang and like immediately um, introducing the elk idea that like the elk Mm -hmm. is present in all of these bad, dire situations, but it just Mm -hmm. didn't really land for me. Like I didn't think it was scary. I didn't think it was well described. No, like there wasn't. Yeah, that's the same thing too. I was also, and like, well, I'm sure we'll get into this too, but the style of writing, I was just confused on what was happening. Like I couldn't, I couldn't find, I couldn't find anything to grasp. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't find any. Yeah. And then when I thought I could, it was, it would just unravel Mm -hmm. and it would be, cause then the writing would be present, but then it would be past and then it would be present and then it would be past. And I'm like, what is, what is real? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, (laughs) so that took me out of it. And then the fact that I, I felt like it wasn't, descriptive enough Mm -hmm. for you to really visualize everything and I guess that's because you were in his frame of mind which was scattered and like trying to escape yeah but yeah I I was just not a fan um Mm -hmm. all right so let's move on to Lewis who is strangely he is like the reason this is all happening and I guess you could say technically the main character but his his section is I mean, it's longer than Ricky's. We get we get more about Lewis than we did about Ricky. <laughs> I know. Um, what I will say is the author did a really good job portraying how a man with a guilty conscience just becomes more and more unhinged. Like the guilt mm-hmm. is literally eating away at him as the story is progressing. Um, yeah. So I found this section to be the strangest and the most puzzling, but not necessarily in a bad way because it was kind of starting to explain where the hell the elk came from yeah um so he lewis has a lot of internal struggles he feels guilty for leaving the reservation he has this unspoken 
there's this unspoken issue about him marrying a white woman and working as a postal worker. Um, and he also feels guilty connecting with another indigenous woman, even though she's from, or even if she is from a different tribe, she's mm-hmm. still an indigenous woman. And that's a point of contention in his marriage to PETA because she is white. And that's always been like mm-hmm. an issue in their relationship. Um, he basically lets his guilt just completely take over his mind, like we said, and he eventually ends up causing the death of both Shaney and his wife. Then he, which was wild. <laughs> I he went from zero to one hundred. Like I know that, uh-huh. that the guilt is progressing, but their deaths were zero to one hundred. Like yeah, all of 100%. a sudden he was like, "Oh my god, Shaney is possessed mm-hmm. by the elk. Let's kill this girl." And then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, now if it's not Shaney, then it's my wife. Let me let her fall off of this ladder. And then, and then, <laughs> as his wife is dying, he carves a baby elk calf out of his Mm-mm. wife's womb. Nope. No, thank you. What, what, did, no, thank what did you think of that, Heather? How did that strike you? At first, I was just confused, again, mm-hmm. because I was just in a constant state of confusion as I read this book. Yes. Like, it was like a lucid dream, I swear to God. <laughs> and and it's just, like, this girl was like, I'm just going to get on this ladder and I'm going to fix this light for him because he's incompetent and can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, like, of course, she ends up falling to the death that he feared he was going to fall to. And he and has then- that moment of like, oh... I should save yeah. her. But and I'm he not just doesn't do anything. Because she's possessed by an elk, possibly. <laughs> small percentage, small possibility. And, I, and like and I get like he also just viciously murdered Chaney, so it's kinda Casual. like Yeah. So he's just now he's just surrounded by death, mm-hmm. which is clearly a scent that's followed him for ten years. Yeah. And he just sees a baby moving in PETA and he was like, Oh, we're having a child. Which like if they had introduced her pregnancy earlier, then maybe this wouldn't have been as shocking and weird. Because like But was she pregnant? I I was don't she know. actually I pregnant don't know. because I do not know. Because it felt like as I was reading it, they literally had the sex a week ago. Yeah. And now she's pregnant. And he she's, said that she he was like she has a moving like that's not how i am pregnant that's not how it works <laughs> i mean okay? we don't works. have to get into the birds and the bees but that's not how it works <laughs> all right i am 12 weeks and i do not feel my my, my tummy's not moving because it, it takes a while yeah. okay yeah and he's like oh she's got the tummy flutters and she's only been knocked up a week so clearly the baby is full grown i must take it out yes I'm, no, and then no, he I just pulls carve it out yes i'm sorry you're right i should let me she's car he's carving his wife like a fucking jack-o'-lantern and then he's just like all right so now i have this elk not a baby an elk and he's like this is a hundred percent normal my wife is birthing a baby elk yes i shall love it and protect it forever and then he is like now because i have committed two murders one albeit accidentally but then i desecrated her corpse yes i need to go on the run back towards the reservation which is where this comes in again then mm-hmm. basically like you leave the reservation but you never really leave because he at the end yeah he was on his way back and then he gets killed by 
cops or rangers or we don't really know for sure <laughs> it the story's kind of murky it is kind of murky because it almost seems like it was actual like civilians yes yes because they were driving him in the truck yeah but then that's where they introduce the elk entity in a body mm-hmm. because someone spotted yeah. like a little girl in the back of the pickup truck mm-hmm. so that's where we get our first our first inkling that even though lewis had already suspected that the elk could like possess shaney and Peta, this is our first mm-hmm. indication that the elk can just like take on human form whenever it feels like it yeah <sighs> and again for me there was no like lead up or indication that there was going to be an entity. It just appeared. Yes. And it appeared in a way that had me just not understanding. <laughs> like he saw it through the ceiling fan. And that, that was, we were just supposed to be like, Oh, all of a sudden he is fully haunted by this vision to the point where he is unraveling. Yeah. But, like and 10 years will, later, uh, which I know. I don't get the time frame wise. Maybe just because whatever. It's just a maybe. Maybe in the indigenous world, ten is like a, an important number, possibly. You know, so maybe that could be something. But the I liked the concept of him going crazy, and like we said, the guilt, like really. And I thought that okay, like this thing is actually is actually haunting him, and it's going to become this huge thing. And you know, maybe because he had the hide. That's how it was also able to create itself because he had a piece of it oh, with yes. him. Yeah. So it was able to, because it's almost like, you know, when you watch like, you know, like Chucky was a doll. And then so same thing, like it, the, the, the demon or whatever inside of it, if you're in, if you have the, the product that in, inhabits, mm-hmm. it's going to be able to haunt you. So Maybe that has something to do with it, yeah. too. Yeah. I just felt like a lot of his section where he, especially the parts where he's, like, talking about books, the books that he reads, he's talking about his job, he's talking about the whole thing with Shaney. like, all of that stuff could have been cut out, and they could have focused more on not just how inside his mind he he started losing it, but how, mm-hmm. like, what was presenting itself besides just a memory of seeing the elk from the top of the ladder. You know what I mean? And actually, the books, the book thing was weird too, because clearly Shaney wasn't bringing the books back. Yeah, because it, it talks about the distance from her house to his, and it wouldn't work. But then, like, he was reading a book, and there looked like there was markings in it. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just it is. It makes you question his sanity mm-hmm. as well. And then clearly, how can you not question it when you get towards the end of his chapter? But it was, there was just a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, I didn't think about that, though. That's a good point that, like, with the writing in the margins and the books being returned, even though mm-hmm. Shaney obviously hadn't read them, that could have been a manifestation of his, like, psychosis. Yeah, or, like, was it the elk entity? Which, again, how would it do that? Because yeah, it clearly I'm, I'm, wasn't there yet. I'm clear on the limitations of the elk entity's magical powers, which we'll yeah. get into because... All of a sudden, she just starts fucking shit up, like just nonstop. So mm-hmm. she, I feel like she took it kind of slow with Lewis, and she was like, "Oh, this is easy." But then, yeah. once Elk Calf came out, I, I things started getting even rampage. Weirder. Yeah, it was it was time to unleash the beast. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump to Cass and Gabe, who are the two remaining friends. 
Um, Cass is in love with an indigenous, indigenous woman from another tribe and ready to propose to her. They're doing all they can to make ends meet. He did stay on the reservation, but he does allude to how it's not easy and it's not always the safest and that he really does have a lot of struggles still being there, but that Joe, his soon to be fiance kind of saves him from himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to Gabe. And the reason we can kind of talk about them together is because they both are the two that stayed on the reservation and they still have some sort of relationship, albeit a very strained one. But Gabe is like a flip side of a coin from Cass. Like yeah. he is obviously having a tough time. He has a restraining order placed against him. So he's barely allowed to see his daughter. He's not allowed to go to her basketball games, um, which we all know this is a basketball novel. And he obviously has an alcohol problem and no steady income. So he's like the complete opposite of Cass in that way. He's like the troublemaker of the book. Yes, absolutely. And like everyone knows it. And that's why it's kind of like Cass. I think Cass stays friends with him out of a sense of not guilt, but like that he owes him something. Yeah. Because Gabe it almost feels like a sense anyone else. And almost just like, I think like a sense of loyalty because yeah. they were such a foursome together. So it's, you know, sometimes you stay friends with someone out of a sense because you almost feel like you have to. Yeah. And I think the, Not because you want to. the reservation life kind of adds to that too, because mm-hmm. they're both still in the reservation and because it's a smaller community where they have a lot more struggles and they have a lot more working against them that it's kind of like Mm -hmm. they see that camaraderie in each other and it's like who else can really understand what I'm going through Mm -hmm. so they decide to do a sweat which when the the word first came up I was like I have to be reading this incorrectly I don't know anything about you know indigenous cultures and these type of traditions so that's that's me being ignorant about it but I was like what is what are they talking about? Because this sounds weird. Yeah. And it's and it's kind of a I mean, I like the idea of it though. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it it's so it's an old tradition on the reservation, but the whole time Cass is setting it up, he's basically saying how he's not setting it up traditionally. And yeah. it's just another symbol of how even as much as they try to honor their old traditions, they're still fighting against them. Mm-hmm. And so the whole time that he's setting it up, he's like, there's one part where uh, I think it's Gabe is like, are we supposed to be doing this at night? And Cass is like, I don't know. Let's go check the old Indian book. Like the Indian book. <laughs> Which doesn't rules. exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like they, they know that they're just kind of winging it, but they still mm-hmm. have that sense of responsibility to honor their old traditions. So yeah. I do think the sweat is, is a a great tradition that makes sense because they say that like, you know, the longer you're in there, you have to deal with your thoughts. You have to Mm -hmm. really deal with your grief and it's kind of like a a purging or a cleansing. So I did think that that was a great idea, but like you just knew because Gabe is such a hot mess that it was, it it wasn't going to end well. And also not to mention we got an elk entity running around. So (laughs) So you know that it's it's going to get weird. I know. But that's why, like, also, like, why I liked the concept of it, because it is, like, a way to, you know, like you said, like, get used to, like, your, to kind of, like, purge your grief mm-hmm. and, you know, do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they were doing it for Ricky and Lewis. And it's also interesting because they don't even know the full story behind how they died or behind, you know, there's so, there's so much speculation and murkiness surrounding the deaths of their friends, but they're like, we still need to grieve them because at the end, you know, they understood why Ricky left. They keep saying like, yeah, but Lewis was trying to come back. He was trying to find his Mm -hmm. way back. The one thing I did like about the book was the good foreshadowing and the connections between everybody. Because like when the elk, uh, when they killed Lewis and the the guys took the, the four dudes took the elk Mm -hmm. and the elk ended up killing everyone in the truck. And then it gets picked up. He gets picked up. Like by like like she's almost like hitchhiking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gets picked up, and the family that she gets picked up by is the young guy who's going into the sweat. Yes, I forgot about that. Yes, and then also I liked how Shaney was Joe's cousin because they were from the same yes. tribe. Yes, you're. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. The, the connections were definitely a big part of it and I liked how he tied it all together but it wasn't in like mm-hmm. an obvious way you know sometimes it's yeah. like it can be kind of cheesy but it was just like those people happened to to pick up this hitchhiker and I know and I feel so bad because I cannot remember the young boy's name oh Nathan? but he yeah Nathan like he had a feeling that the elk was something bad too. yeah yeah he was like what are you like he <laughs> knew like he knew that that it was not something good mm-hmm. And then obviously he comes face to face with it at towards the end of the book as well. Yeah. So Nathan obviously ends up coming to the sweat because his dad thinks that it's going to be good for him because he's kind mm-hmm. of heading down the wrong path. So while they're doing this ceremonious ritual, Ghost Elk, who is now in a young girl's body, shows up and just is like, it's showtime, baby. Let's get mm-hmm. to it. She kills all three of Cassidy's dogs. Once again, sorry about the animal death count in this one. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, She attempts to kill Nathan (laughs) and she attempts to kill Nathan's dad, who is also still there because he's like helping Mm -hmm. with the sweat, which the word is grossing me out, but we get it. Um, (laughs) So then she starts doing literal magic to make the rest of the night explode, which is, this is where I'm like, what, (laughs) what extent does her magic go to? Yeah. Can she literally control everything? Because somehow she does the whole thing with the thermos and Which was wild. I, I didn't see I that like, coming. It, and it took coming. me a minute. It took me a minute. Like I didn't even realize that that was what was happening. Yeah. Like I just was like, oh, like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. But like at first I was like I was like, oh, he just found a thermos. Like it is what it is. It didn't even connect yeah. it didn't that connect it was Cass's money at all thermal. Until Cass <laughs> or thermos. noticed. Yeah. But also Gabe is just such a shitty person because he mm-hmm. goes out there and he's like, oh, I'm going to go refill the water. AKA I'm going to chug like five beers. I found yeah. your dead dogs and I'm just going to pretend nothing happened. Zip that I'm just going to yeah. go back into the the sweaty teepee and that we made out of like dog blankets and <laughs> sounds very unhygienic. But anyway, so then Gabe and Cassidy, their whole thing comes to a point because Cassidy sees the thermos where he kept Mm -hmm. all of his savings and the engagement ring that he had bought for Joe. He finds his dead dogs and he basically thinks that Gabe is the reason for all of that, which he has reason 
to think that Gabe would steal his money because Gabe kind of has that reputation. Um, But then they get into a weird truck bashing fight to which I was like, men, just (laughs) men. Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. (laughs) They're just beating each other's trucks to death. Okay. So then Joe dies. Nathan gets shot. which like again the whole Joe's death was weird too, but like I mean like I I get How it. Long was the, she the, under there? the elk. I know. And it's just I don't know. Like I said, it just was weird. Yeah, so that that's why I'm unclear on the extent of the elk's magic because mm-hmm. the elk obviously emptied the thermos into Gabe's pockets, or did she? <laughs> Or was Gabe just drunk and stole, did steal the money? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it makes, it's a thing. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It it was unclear. It's like, yeah. Then once Joe dies and then Nathan gets shot, but they think that Nathan is actually Gabe's daughter. And then Gabe beats Cassidy to death with the thermos. Mm -hmm. And the elk finally reveals herself. She's just been hiding behind a tree, just watching all yeah, of this play just out. Just watching this all unfold. She's like, my master plan is working. Yes. All just and she is getting dead. In the corner, rubbing her hands together, evil elk laughing. <laughs> and even though What would that sound like? What would that sound like, evil elk laughing? <laughs> I don't even know the sound an elk makes. Like <laughs> Me either. <laughs> like I'm thinking of a moose. I know. Do they, I don't know. <laughs> then I'm thinking of mooing. That's a cow. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't think it would be a natural elk sound. Okay. This is, no. a, this is a different elk that we're talking about. This is ghost yeah. elk. It's so ghost elk. Gabe knows. So she's still in human form, but Gabe knows like by her eyes that she is not human. And she basically, without saying anything, forces Gabe to take his own life because she promises again with no words that she won't go after Gabe's daughter if he takes his own life which mm-hmm. is obviously a lie but he doesn't have much choice and he just no. beat his friend to death he yeah. has that on his conscience he has Joe's death on his conscience and he's like if the only thing I can do is save my daughter I'm gonna save my daughter I'm gonna do it yeah because I think that's also the only thing he actually cares about in this life is his daughter 100% but you also kind of that relationship seems weird too because it's like does he care about her in the typical way that a father cares about his daughter or does he care about her skill or does he care about the unfairness that her new dad is the game warden like it's a very loaded relationship that yes. unfortunately Denora has to is basically buried under the weight of like all of this baggage that Gabe has with the reservation Mm -hmm. and with the people on the reservation. Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's talk about elk head woman. So the elk spirit is called Ponoka, which I'm sure I said that wrong, but that's what they call her in the book. And one thing I did like, I thought it was impressive the way that the author was able to humanize even though this is like an elk spirit. So the the chapters that are from her point of view, you understand her anger and you understand her need for vengeance, especially when she talks about like making them suffer because she's been suffering for 10 years. So I did like that aspect of her, but that's about it. What do you think? I felt like there wasn't enough, enough depth. Right. 
It was very like surface level. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, I mean, I understand why the elk is doing what they're doing. You know, they're trying to get vengeance on, on the trauma that they experienced, but I just, I would have liked a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there was, there could have been more. There could have been, it and could it have been could cooler. Have been- introduced earlier which would have mm-hmm. caught it would have cleared up a lot of the confusion with the ricky section yes. and the lewis section if they mm-hmm. had introduced the elkhead woman as like those chapters from her point of view if they had int- started introducing those earlier yeah because you just kind of with especially especially with lewis's chapters he just he thinks that he's being haunted in a sense or he thinks that there's something going on but there's never really any true clarification it's just him saying oh obviously something's happening yes you know but there's never really any fun way to bring it all together it's yeah. just like oh it's here and then that's just kind of you're like oh okay so now we're now we're just here and then it just escalates so freaking quickly yeah in that way to the point of just total destruction and you're just like oh what, like what's like where Yes. And it it's feels not like two different put books. together nicely. Like it feels like yes, yes. the beginning with Ricky and Lewis is like, are they really seeing what they think they're seeing? Are they is it all in their head? Because obviously he killed Shaney and realized, whoopsie, elk's not there. And then PETA dies, whoopsie, elk's not there, except for the weird elk calf. And then yeah. it's like the second part of the second half of the book, you know for a fact that Elkhead Woman is the one causing all of these things. And you because you get those point of view chapters from Elkhead Woman where mm-hmm. explicitly saying, like, yes, I'm getting my revenge and they're all gonna suffer and it's not gonna be quick and painless because my death wasn't quick and painless and I had to wait yeah. ten years to exact my revenge type thing Mm -hmm. so it it didn't it didn't feel cohesive at all no it really it really didn't it just felt messy Mm -hmm. it was just almost like he just threw all these ideas at a wall and then what stuck stuck and he was just gonna go with that yeah i definitely could see that Mm -hmm. all right so let's talk about denora who ends up being one of the main characters and Mm -hmm. where a lot of the symbolism comes to fruition so she's this all-star basketballer and she's the one who ends up taking on elkhead woman because she's the only child or calf of any one of the friends um Mm -hmm. and obviously that's why elkhead woman is so focused on her because they took her baby she's gonna take theirs so that but but before she takes this baby before she does (laughs) We need to have the all-star <laughs> basketball game. Okay. Let's let's talk about the the focus on basketball, which is <sighs> so heavy. And in some ways, I thought I was missing something with the symbolism here. I'm like, this is going right over my head. It was mm-hmm. it was obvious that it was Denora's ticket out of the reservation. Yes. But yes. What else did you make about all of this this basketball focus? Uh- literally nothing (laughs) like nothing like it took it took away from the book so much yeah it just wasn't good the descriptions of the basketball moves listen i don't (laughs) like sports okay obviously (laughs) i was like this is this only boring to me because i don't like sports i don't think so i think this is completely irrelevant like i once I started looking into it more, I read a little bit about how sports in 
indigenous culture are something that basically evens the playing fields. Okay. Um, so we do see that in the book that, you know, when she's playing, they're chanting these horrible things like kill the Indian. I'm sorry. What, what is the matter with these children? And then at the end of the day, all she has to do, well, all she has to do, but she just shows how good she is and that shuts them up. So yeah, it does kind of like even the playing field between her and other people where she's able to just show them that she's as good as she is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the one thing I liked about Denora is she does have like this thick skin. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's why I think, you know, she's the one who's at, well, besides the obvious calf thing, she's at mm-hmm. the end. She's it's a way to show her focus and her determination, which she clearly has, but it was yeah. something that all four of the friends lack. And that's what stopped them from being able to take down the Elkhead woman because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't get much of Ricky's story. So we don't know why he couldn't, you know, do whatever. Lewis was because he was going nuts. And then Cass and Gabe were so quick to attack each other, even though nothing was really adding up. So mm-hmm. they just didn't really have that focus. And Denora yes. did. So. The chase between, oh, I'm sorry, after the the basketball <laughs> game, which Denora is- The NBA is, all, Women All-Star Championship. She is doing crazy moves and spins and bank shots and some recklessness. And like skidding across the gravel and like- <laughs> Unclear. Um, but, all, but also it's like, I also want to know how they're playing basketball in what is clearly like- feet of snow feet of snow like they keep losing the ball in the feet of snow and having to go get it like is she wearing a snowsuit no and but yet they're doing all these cool moves in the snow an elkhead woman is wearing shorts and a t-shirt like listen we don't like we live in jersey we get a blizzard every once in a while i've ran through a lot of snow it ain't easy Mm -mm. Mm -mm. okay i flop around like there's no way that these women, but you know, it is what it is the symbolism. Yeah. I get it. They're, it's a fight to the death. Whoever wins is going to come out the superior one. So like, I, I get it, but man. And like the so many loopholes. just starts revealing herself to Denora. Like the eyes change and Denora's like, what, what are you? And it's also because it's like getting angry that Denora's kicking her ass. Oh yeah. Like that she's about to lose. Yeah. And Elkhead woman sees this as literally a fight to the death. Like this is a fight yeah. for Denora's life. And mm-hmm. Denora adapts real quick. She's like, which oh, props we're playing for my yeah. life. Okay. Okay. No, yeah. I got it. Okay, cool. But like, again, again, <laughs> how does she know if I were in that situation without knowing much about, I mean, I, I guess, I guess if you live in that culture, you get the superstitions and you know, maybe there's just some background that we don't know. But if I were in this girl's situation and there's this thing appearing before me, I wouldn't be quick on my feet. No, I would probably die instantly. And my first thought is not like, Oh, I just have to play this basketball game for my life because I'm good (laughs) at basketball. (laughs) Duh. Like so weird. I mean, and they talk so much about how, Denora is kind of separated from the tradition of the reservation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
yeah, she heard these tales of the elk hunt from all those years ago, but mm-hmm. she also doesn't know what to believe because her dad is basically a pathological liar. And she just, here is the issue. The chase after the basketball game lasts 94 years. I know. And that was the hard- 93 longest- and a half years too long. Yeah. They could have spent that time maybe laying out Denora's thought process as to how she yeah. is just so readily accepting this. Because that's like the other thing. It's just like, how does she even put two and two together that this elk is the one that her dad's friends murdered? And I'm just, I'm just so perplexed. And then also... Nathan is still alive and he just comes running in. What is him running in? He comes on a galloping horse and he's like somehow, some way, still alive. After he was shot and then trampled by horses. So also this kind of like Elkhead woman is not that good at killing people. No, because the sheriff was still alive. Yeah, yeah. she had to re-kill the sheriff as well. But I think it's because, it's got to be because she's in the human body. So mm-hmm. it's like, she's just not as good at killing, not in her, her regular guess. body. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the ending was obviously symbolic that all And also happened so quickly. 94 year chase. <laughs> and then- Abrupt ending. One page ending where they- <laughs> They end up in this elk graveyard, which, holy shit, what nightmares are made of. Yeah. And her new dad, who's the same game warden from 10 years ago, he sit, he shows up at the top of the ridge with his gun pointed, and he's ready to save the day and kill the elk. But Denora is like, no, 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 new dad. I understand, elkhead woman. Don't kill her. And then the elk digs up her baby from 10 years earlier takes it up in her elk mouth because she's an elk now she's a full elk Mm -hmm. full-blown elk full-blown elk and just walks away with her baby and let me tell you if you haven't read this book and you're just listening to us talk about it yes it's as weird as it fucking sounds (sighs) i just thoughts on the ending like it i don't (laughs) like it and it was uh, okay i get the symbolism at the very end and i get Denora saying, let the spirit live on. Yes. It's reconnected with its baby. It's now going to live their elk life because it goes and joins a group of elk, like a herd of elk. Who are going to get hunted and killed, but whatever. That's fine. I know. And I'm like, okay, but I don't, I physically, mentally, none of this, emotionally, (laughs) cannot grasp the brain of a teenage girl experiencing what she did and just knowing without a doubt what was happening yes but and then you still get those glimpses of teenage girl where she's like oh my god coach is gonna be so mad that i had this this crazy basketball game today my legs are gonna be so tired because i've been running for 60 miles in four foot snow no 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 and like we didn't even talk about this but the way this author writes is not my favorite because if there's one pet peeve i have it's run on sentences and this dude does not know how to end a sentence he talks about five different things in one long run on sentence and it makes no sense and this was my issue my focus with this book was so hard because i couldn't pinpoint anything he it was just there was so much going on Mm -hmm. 
in one in one sentence and you couldn't figure out like i said you couldn't figure out what was now what was in the past what they were feeling because then what is this what they were feeling now yeah. or was this a feeling they had 10 years ago like you can't you can't figure it out and it's so hard to enjoy a book when you're so lost in the minutia of what's yeah. going on and you can't you can't fully feel what you want to feel or what the book is trying to portray because you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah. Because you have to think if the writing had been different and had been maybe more descriptive in a way where we could really visualize yeah. it or where mm-hmm. we understood where the characters were coming from, then I, I think this would have been a more enjoyable book because like we said, the, the fee or the, the whole summary of it sounded cool, but yeah, the writing and I, at first I was like, okay, I have to read another book by him to fully judge because he has written so much and people mm-hmm. speak so highly of him. But I also read My Heart is a Chainsaw, which he just wrote the sequel for. And I was so looking forward to that book. Like it has a ton of slasher references. It sounded so cool. I hated it. Like it was so jumbled. It was so chaotic. So I just, I really can't get behind his writing style. And I don't think it's this book specifically. I think that's just his style, yeah. which, you know, obviously he is a very popular writer. So some people are into which, it. Like, which is, which is fine because not every author is going to be for every person. Of course. Of course. And there's people out there that enjoy his type of writing and, and that's, that's fine, but it just, it ain't it for us. Yeah. No, I agree. It ain't it. And I want to talk a little bit about the themes because I think if we get rid of the parts that we didn't like about the book. I did think that the themes came across. Yeah. Um. So the first one being identity, the, the four friends specifically are struggling with their identity, not only as Native Americans versus the rest of the world, but also their tribe versus other tribes. And the fact that all of their misfortunes are kind of framed as consequences of navigating life on and off the reservation so I feel like you don't feel bad for them or dislike them in a way you would with other characters Mm -hmm. who didn't have that same upbringing like it kind of gives an excuse to some of their behavior and I think that was written purposefully like that yeah I can understand that you know um, obviously a big one is revenge which the obvious show revenge is Elkhead Woman but there's more than that. Cass wants revenge on Gabe for killing Joe, even though it was an accident. Gabe wants revenge because he believes that Cass killed his daughter. It's it's just this vicious cycle that a- appears mm-hmm. throughout the story. And it's the fact that everyone in the story feels the need to handle the revenge themselves. And we know that in so many indigenous cultures, it does even come up in this book that they're distrustful of the police or authorities. So oh yeah, if they feel threatened, they handle it themselves. Mm-hmm, and that, absolutely. that came up a lot, which also brings us to the social commentary. So, I mean, I, I think we can only speak so much to this because we don't fully understand, you know, the ways of indigenous cultures. But I was reading a review of this book on NPR and it talked a lot about how they show the Native American life in an old way with the traditions and uh, Jones himself, since he's a member of the Blackfeet tribe, he touches on a lot of taboo themes, which marrying outside of the tribe, um, Mm -hmm. marrying a white woman, marrying someone from a different tribe. He talks about sports, sports, which we 
we said comes up a lot as like a ticket out of the reservation. Mm -hmm. Um, And he also talks about alcohol use disorder, which has been a known issue in indigenous communities. And in more recent years, we're getting a lot more insight into that, especially as true crime reporters or journalists or podcasters are focusing more on indigenous communities. So he did bring up all of those things and that made it more realistic as far as the reservation okay. life. Yeah. Um, but then he also talks about in some, in some ways he talks about the, the traditions in like a respectful way, like when they're talking about the sweat, but then he flips the coin and says basically that all of those traditions are old school and all of those tales aren't really real and everything is cliche. So it, it's kind of strange the way that he puts both sides of the social commentary mm-hmm. on here. What did you think about that? I agree. I think it's it. They show the, you know, like you said, the, the old school ways and what, how they did the sweat and being able to, cause also it seemed like you, you also do the sweat to become a man mm-hmm. as well. You're like, you're, you're, you're accepting your identity and becoming someone. And I'm sure that those are old school traditions yeah. and they try to make it their own, which clearly like they, they did, you know, like you said, they use like dog blankets and mm-hmm. stuff. There's, there's, they detailed how it's, you know, specifically supposed to be. And, but I, I think it's cool, especially with the sweat, how they would like pour a drink out for someone that they lost yeah. and and stuff like that. And then like you said, even with the the bad part of it where it says, you know, what was it? Only a good Indian or it's like, it's like a dead good one. Indian you know? is a dead Indian. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it, it talks about the negative sides and how, you know, how racism is still such a prevalent mm-hmm. tone mm-hmm. and things, especially when Donora is playing basketball and all the girl all the young kids are saying kill the Indian. Yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. It's like, and it's like the, you know, what are the two options? You stay on the reservation and, you know, basically have to fight every day just to make ends meet or to fight mm-hmm. against your circumstances the way that Cass and Gabe have to. Or yeah. you leave the reservation and you feel guilt about it and mm-hmm. you still have to deal with obvious racism in the real, the, the, you know, the world outside of the res. Like there's, he does a good job of showing that there's basically no winning. Um, That's what I was going to say. That's what I was, just, I was just thinking. There's no right answer. Yeah, exactly. Because no matter no matter what you choose, it's it's never being an indigenous person doesn't ever turn out the way you want it to. Exactly, is almost what it sounds like. Yeah, and there's always those very strong ties because of the strength of the culture. That even if you yeah. get out of the reservation, you're still going to be tied to it. You're still going to be pulled back to it. And I saw in the Goodreads description, they call Graham Jones the Jordan Peele of horror literature, which is quite generous. Um, I get what they mean with the social commentary, but yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, I didn't. And I also I mean, like, I, I, I guess, I don't know, I have like these, these predispositions about horror. So I went into this novel because this was like the first horror novel I've, I've read mm-hmm. and I was excited. Well, actually, no, it's a lie, but it's one that I, I had, I was excited to read it because I was ready to be scared and I wasn't, Yeah, you know, this like is it was not just, a good horror novel. I, no, because I, I, I've read, it as that. I, I read a really good horror novel last year. So I was like, oh, this, I'm hoping to have those kind of vibes and I didn't get yeah. it. So I, I think it definitely missed the mark on the horror genre. I did, did think there was, you know, a little bit of psychological in there. 
but it's yes. also it's hard to to classify because it was so mm-hmm. confusing and scattered and not for nothing yeah. like a lot of people really really love this book but a lot of people also couldn't get past the, yeah. the writing style so so anything else before we get to our ratings no i think i think we covered everything all right well the rating scale today is going to be <laughs> elk fetuses is the plural oh of fetus <laughs> fetuses i don't know i <laughs> oh stop it i am giving this to elk fetuses some of the deaths in this were metal as fuck so mm-hmm. i did enjoy that small i still wouldn't call yeah. it horror but i enjoyed that little scary part of it yes and the way that the entity came into human form and was able to pull all these strings and psychologically mm-hmm. torture everyone was yeah. wild so i did mm-hmm. enjoy that um overall i didn't like the writing style which you know we already picked apart i thought it was yeah. hard to follow and hard to visual visualize and i was most invested in the confrontation between cass and gabe because it was like the first truly fast-paced part of the book but that i agree it wasn't enough to save it for me no um there was so much focus on the entity but no background as to why they instantly believed what was happening was happening and I obviously found some of the themes interesting, but I could have gone my whole life without reading this and been fine. That being said, if there was a movie adaptation, I would watch it out of curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) I think you basically hit everything I felt like on the nail. Like you got it. Like it was, I also gave it two fetuses, elk fetuses, feti. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's feti. We're going to go with fetuses. It's, um, it's uh, uh just wasn't for me. Yeah, I agree. I I thought it had potential, which is why I gave it two elk fetuses and not the one that was buried. But I guess technically there were two elk fetuses in here. The one that Lewis carved out of his wife's womb <laughs> and the one that had been buried in the elk graveyard. Yeah. So at least we're staying on brand. Appropriate yeah. ratings. Yeah. Okay, so we have a quick little treat at the end of this episode with because we both didn't enjoy this book as much as we thought that we might, we have some one star Goodreads reviews. Um, mine just really sums up my thoughts personally. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and read Yes, please do. Quote Have you ever been hunting before? A lot of people have. Have you ever killed an animal while hunting? Sure. Have you later felt bad about killing that animal? You wouldn't be the only one. Have you ever felt like that animal has come back from the dead to haunt and terrorize you? No? No sane person would ever actually think that? Well, get ready for a book where every character immediately fears and then accepts that they're being haunted by an elk ghost. Final question. Have you ever experienced the scenario where you have to play an intense pickup game of basketball against an elk ghost in an attempt to save your life? No? Well, get ready for way too much of that. Oh my God, stop. That's so on point. It's my thoughts. It's literally a summary. We could have, the whole episode could have just been that Yelp review. That's it. Oh no. (laughs) All right. So it's your turn. I don't don't know if you're going to get one that's that's more on brand than that, but 
please. Well, so us. like this, this, this girl had a really long review. So I'm just going to pick out a couple points. Like her first sentence, was this a horror or basketball book? Which same. Valid question. Same. And then I just love, and this was my favorite line. She says, I mean, at this point, rename it the only good basketball playing Indians. <laughs> there was so much basketball. Oh, my God. Oh, but like, who yeah. is this book for? Is this book for basketball fans? It's not for horror fans. I I'm know. telling you that. Okay. And then she was like, "I all I want to know is why the final showdown between the Elk Demon was a basketball game. Yes, <laughs> you read that right. They had a playoff against an Elk Demon. <laughs> Yeah, because like okay, I can under I can understand the sports relevance in indigenous culture, but I certainly don't understand the sports relevance in elk culture. So I know that was true. But so there was one thing in this book that I enjoyed, and uh, it was it was a specific quote. Something about me is I love symbolic quotes. I love anything. If I see something, I'm gonna I'm that person that shares an Instagram quote to my story because I'm like, yeah, that resonates. I like that. And mm-hmm. I'm cheesy. It is what it is. So I read this and I as I read it, I was like, oh, like we're doing this podcast because we're best friends and everything. And there was a really good quote about friends. Okay. So I saved it. Please. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, it's me and Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So the quote is this is all you really need, isn't it? Just one good friend. Somebody you can be stupid with. Somebody who will peel you up off the ground, prop you against the wall. Oh, I love that. Yep. So I saved it because I was like, oh, it's me and Kelsey's friendship. Yeah. So that's <laughs> what we can take away from this book. Exactly. We really didn't like it, but we there's, still have but our But there's friendship. one positive. <laughs> exactly. We're still friends after you made me read this terrible book. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you for not holding this against me forever. Never, Um, never. (laughs) We'll do better in the future. Um, Do you have anything else? Um, No. (laughs) I think we've covered everything and I'm ready to never talk about this book ever again. Great. We're, we're, um, we're donating the book. We're, we're going to give it back and we're going to let someone else have this journey for themselves. Okay. All right. So that's all we have for you today. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss our next read. If you want to see what books we'll be covering, make sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Fully Booked Calf Pod. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you need us, we're fully booked. Bye. Bye. It's stopping. I think we're good.